I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, uh, picking up where Adam Crowley left off. No Wes Euler for this, the uh, noon show today. Yeah, not sure what Wesley's up to, but a little change up. I think he's back tomorrow, though. I think he is back tomorrow, yeah. and I think he'll be here tonight. Uh, actually, I think he'll be here for the 3 to 6 show. With Moats, right. With Moats, uh, picking up where we left yeah. off here uh, and then coming back in with us there again from 6 to 8 as we continue to bring you all the Steelers news that is... Uh, Fit to know what is Cam Newton doing on the TV? How about uh, this? Is a couple things I, I wanted to make note of. Okay, first of all, first of all, the Steelers uh, not practicing today at Heinz Field. They yeah, moved. Okay. They moved practice over some to the uh, south side. Yeah. Um, I guess there's expecting some rain. Huh? Expecting some rain in the area, so they're going to move indoors. And Mike Tomlin had mentioned uh, when we were talking to him a couple weeks ago, or a month or so ago, on a Zoom call that uh, that was going to be a potential possibility if they had. You know, issues yeah, with you the weather. Done. Yeah, you got to maximize these practices. Right? Absolutely. I right. mean, you can't afford to have what happened Saturday night. Now, Saturday night, uh, the practice ended early. I think they had maybe one or two sessions left. They'd gotten through most of the practice, but okay. when you've missed, as he said, uh, nearly a thousand snaps in the off season, every practice is important. Yeah, you can't have rain getting in the way, and there's no reason to practice in the rain for the coming opponent. You need to get stuff installed and you know yeah. cleaned up. So uh, they moved practice over there. So no um, no media availability at that practice today. So the uh, pool report that is done from the practice uh, will be done by the Steelers PR staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they handle this yeah, whole we'll thing. Yeah, see how much info they divulge, but that's all right. I wasn't one of the Tier 2 people today, uh, so I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, every time that I'm in Tier 2, uh, you get to take part in the practice report. You sneak some things in there like... I did. You I did the other. Last night. I did the other day with uh, Henry Mondu. Um, just beat the snot out of uh, uh, <laughs> Gentry, Zach Gentry, oh, okay. on a punt uh, coverage unit. <laughs> uh, they, were, they were practicing punt coverage. Yes. So the idea was for Zach Gentry to get down the field. And he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> he didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Mondo had she used him like a pawn in the game of life. Yeah. Is what I uh, <laughs> is, is how I described it. Uh, he just beat him up. And uh, didn't let him get off the line of scrimmage. And then his, eventually, when the punt returner ca- caught the football, he kind of 
just tossed him aside and ran down the field. Discarded him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that being Gentry's forte at all. And if it's not, uh, he's got some issues because – Yeah, I look at him as a real bubble guy. Your third-string tight end should be able to to play a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. In fact, he better be able to play a lot of teams. I mean, you bring up guys like Raider a lot who we didn't see last year because of the injury, but he can. You know, I mean, he's a quality dude. Some of those dudes that are so tall – they're kind of loping striders. They're not going to change directions well running down the field and adjust on the fly. Um, their their pads are too high in protection. And he, you don't see many dudes that are 6'5 and above on kickoff and punt teams. Yeah, unless they are, you know, personal protectors or, or a uh, snap, you know, one of the interior yeah, guys. Right, snap, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the Cleveland Browns are just being – Ravaged by injuries in their well, secondary. Right. A lot of bad news. It's a uh, torn Achilles for Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit. Uh, that's not good news for them. He was, of course, uh, slated to be their starting free safety. Um, also missing for them yesterday, Greedy Williams with a shoulder injury. Hmm. Uh, these are guys that went down during practice. Oh, okay. Uh, MJ Stewart with a hamstring. They were already missing Terrence Mitchell with a knee. Kevin Johnson has the lacerated liver. Oh, secondary and trouble. Carl Joseph, who they signed to be their starting strong safety, is mm-hmm. dealing with a foot injury. Wow. I mean, they weren't great if everybody was healthy. They had nine healthy dis- uh, defensive backs for practice yesterday. Wow. Nine. And probably half of them aren't <laughs> set to make the team. You know right. what I mean? Right. I mean, those yeah, guys right. we just talked about, they're all I – mean, uh, They're all going to make the team, yeah. pretty much. Right? Delpit was going to make the team. Greedy Williams is, is – I mean – Those two are starters, right. Looking, essentially, their only starter who wasn't hurt yesterday was Denzel Ward. Yeah. And I you don't right. want him out there taking, you know, 78 snaps in, during practice. Right. I mean, all three, all those guys, actually, Joseph, the two LSU guys, Ward, they're all highly drafted. Three of them have a lot of questions around them, and they need all the snaps they can get, even if they're just going to be out for a little. Delpit's going to be out for a lot. Um, Their linebackers are works in progress, too. I mean, that back seven minus Ward could really be a problem area for them. It's sure looking that way. Right. I expect expect them to jump into the Earl Thomas situation. I was thinking that, too. I mean – if he's a pain in the butt, they've overlooked that before with some guys. Um, it's always different regimes there, but still the, the team in general. And well, I mean, this this regime brought in Kareem Hunt and then kept him. True. So, True. I mean, I I think there's they don't mind bringing in a problem child or two, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a, a, a severe need. They have a severe need. I mean, it's they're they're a critical mass right now in their secondary. I mean, just looking at the team on a good day, defensive line's pretty darn good, and Garrett's a star. And they got a corner. And from from that, yeah, from there back, it was it was already going to be not very good. Right. I mean, it's going to be some talented young players. Hope it works out. But they all had questions. I mean, both Delpit and um, what's his face, the, the Jackson, the the, the corner, um, yeah. uh, last year's second round pick, had Greedy Williams. Williams. I always yeah. call him Jackson for some reason. Both those guys aren't tacklers. No, they he was. Greedy Williams diverse. was awful last year. Really bad. Right? Really bad. And his last year at LSU, Delpit was terrible his last year at LSU. I mean, they had some nicks in him anyway. Joseph was terrible in Oakland. I mean, uh-huh. they couldn't wait to get him out of the building. Uh, I mean, they tried to trade him a year ago. Nobody wanted him. They're kind of the exact opposite of what Baltimore is right now. Like Baltimore's secondary, they're, they're probably going to take Jimmy Smith and put him at, at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think the defensive line in Baltimore is not bad. No, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. But the linebackers are a little suspect. They're questionable. Um, They're all prospects, too. Like, but the sec- the secondary in Baltimore is really good. It's solid, even yeah. without Thomas. Even without Thomas yeah. there. Um, 
you know, with Cleveland, I mean, the front the front four is really good, and then from there back, it's just awful. And, and even just the construction of the team, like I like the coaching hire. I like some things they did. I think it could resurrect Baker's career. I have some doubts about him still, but even so, I mean, in the Vikings like manner. They weren't built on their best day to rack up 30 points, 35 points. If your secondary and linebackers are really bad, shootouts probably won't go your way. Right. You know, especially the way Baker turns ball over. You know, if you get him in that type of situation where he has to throw and everybody knows it because the defense can't stop anybody or allowing too many yeah. big They want to play like Wisconsin basketball. They want to slow it right. down and just, right. you know, play not in the 50s. Not, you know, right. They, they want to play in the 20s, not in the 30s. Exactly. And that's – Really worrisome to me if I'm a Browns fan. Yeah. So, you know, the. I don't them listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's probably a lot of people listening to this particular show going, hey, that's a good, that's great news. Yeah. Uh, These two teams, these two rivals are losing key secondary pieces left and right. And again, uh, you know, I I just think, you know, you look at that, what's happened there. You look at what's happened in Cincinnati where they've had some guys already, you know, Trey Waynes who they signed. Right. We're already seeing A.J. Green missing time. I mean, it's. Um, they were working pro- the first pick of the draft too to begin right with. for a they reason yeah they had they had start. plenty of plenty of uh, places to uh, improve out upon but you know this was supposed to be Cle- again uh, once again this was supposed to be Cleveland's year mm-hmm. and that's not looking like the case um, it looks like Baltimore at the very least uh, their depth is going to be you know they they had depth slightly there. wounded yeah I mean they they they, they took a, the the first punch in the first round you know they're carrying a, they're one way or the other they're either going to carry a twenty million dollar hit on Earl Thomas I believe it's twenty million dollars on Earl Thomas this year or they're going to spread that out over two seasons and they're going to carry five million dollars must be a fifteen million dollar I think it's fifteen yeah. next year or uh, but it's it will be five this year and ten next year to not have Earl Thomas on your team anymore and all you got out of Earl Thomas was one year in which you didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs yeah right and you gave up something to get him too you know I mean you gave up a pick I think to get him from whatever or no they signed him they, they signed him okay, yeah, he was a free agent but you know the the you you look at that, they're going to take a $10 million hit next year if they mm-hmm. get what they want. If they if, if, if the league says, or if the NFL and the league agree that, okay, this was, uh, he was released with cause. Yes, which it sounds like it probably will be. Probably. Right. Okay, so now you got to eat $10 million of that next year when the cap's going to go down. I don't know if the cap's going to go down. It's a totally different story. Or when, if the cap, let's say it stays the same. Right, it's not going to go up dramatically. Or, right, it's, right. Not, it's not going to go up to the $215 million that we thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. No, but it's certainly going to hurt their ability to get better next offseason. And they've got some guys. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. You know, the, the left own. tackle is up. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got some, some high-profile guys that are going to be up. And, oh, by the way, Lamar, who just saw Patrick Mahomes sign a new deal after his third year, would think. is going to say, hey, what about me? I had an MVP type season. Yeah. I want Mahomes that. I've had two good years. Right. I'm assuming he has a good year this year, which sure. I, there's no reason not to. And then they'll be married to him for the long term, and then yeah. it's pricey again. No, you're right. I mean, the the not for long NFL thing stands for players, but also stands for windows of you know being able to be highly competitive. And I don't think either one of us are suggesting that Baltimore can't win the Super Bowl this year and right. be the best team in the league. I mean, they're really really good, but you can also look around and think, well, it's not. Guaranteed to last forever. Too. This is the first, like, everybody has praised every move that Eric DaCosta has made. Oh, mm-hmm. he does this. Look at that draft that he had. This didn't work. This this not this only failed, this failed miserably. It hurt them. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, Earl Thomas was a guy who they, I think in about week 12 or 13 last year, was talking about, well, whoever we play in the Super Bowl better yeah. be ready for us. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, it's it just it. It sounded like he was you know, beat to his own drummer type of deal. Didn't buy in. Didn't get along with anybody. Thought he could do anything he wanted. That he's a superstar. He's the Hall of Famer. And I guess Clark is like one of the most popular guys and well-respected dudes on the team. It's kind of a self-made guy. And then that was just the straw. And the players went to the coach and said, "I mean, that, he's got to go. I, yeah, we got to get rid go. of this guy. I don't care what the cap is. He needs to be out of the building." Yeah, uh, that's a bad situation. It is a bad situation, and it just um, again, I, you know, one of their one of the great things about that they had going for them was if Jimmy Smith was coming off the bench. Yeah. Right. You got great depth. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, now all of a sudden, if he's your starting free safety, he's, that's not an easy position just to learn overnight either. It's not. I guess he's been working there a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, uh, but also then what happens if somebody gets hurt? Yeah, of course. It's, and you know, you're looking at that second. It's kind of like I wrote about today on the DKPittsburghSports.com or yesterday that the Steelers seem to be finding some depth. Yeah, yeah. With I mean, they feel pretty good. They are. They came into this camp feeling really good about their their cornerback depth. Yes, that was the one position like yeah. you and I a month ago would say. Well, the defensive on defensive corners look pretty well yeah. equipped for a while. But but think about it this way. Okay, so you had the great cornerback depth. Oh, Bill Nunn selected as the uh, contributor finalist oh, for great. the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That news just breaking. So that uh, very good. That's that's outstanding news for the Steelers. But I didn't realize he was there that long. Long, long time. Yeah. Wow. Thirty six years. Yeah. Um. That's great. Yeah, the ac- excellent news. Those he that means he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. That that seems to be the uh, as a contributor. That's yeah. how they call those guys. And so he was there from 1968 to 2004. And for people who don't aren't familiar, I'm sure we have a younger audience that isn't on top of that. And correct me if I'm wrong with a little bit of the history, but he was way ahead of his time in terms of scouting the historically African American schools. You know that at that time weren't getting yeah. scouted heavily. And didn't Mr. Rooney kind of – wasn't – I think the story goes something along the lines of Bill Nunn was doing a publication of those players. Bill Nunn, for those who don't know, worked for the Pittsburgh Courier. Okay. And the Pittsburgh Courier was an all-black – or was a, a black publication or, or gotcha. for African-Americans. And it was based in Pittsburgh. And it had a huge circulation all over the country. Oh, okay. It wasn't just a Pittsburgh paper. It wasn't just a Pittsburgh paper. It was an, an African-American paper that went out across – a huge circulation. Um, and every year he did the black all American team. Right. He would go down and do the the uh, scout the history. Scout would, him out. He would attend the, the games for the historically black mm-hmm. colleges. And I'm sure down he had connections the down there, and people told absolutely, him and people told him who was good and who was, good and who was not. And right. And so he would compile that at the end of the year, and you know, come up with the with the historically black college all American team. Okay. And. Mr. Um, like. Well, we could use that. He also, as a, as a reporter, was, you know, as a newspaper reporter, would, would hang around in some of the same circles as, as Art Rooney. Okay. And Dan Rooney, and uh, got to know those guys a little bit. And, and uh, you know, they, they he said, you know, you should, you should draft this guy or you should draft that guy. And all of a sudden they said, you know, why don't you. Uh, why don't we give you a job? Why don't we give you a job? And I think he started this, he started part time as a scout for them. Basically, so he still stayed at the paper for I a while. Believe, for a while, yeah. yeah. Essentially, he was, the, you know, he was. You know, scouting those historically black colleges for the Steelers, and that led them to, you know, guys like Mel Blunt, uh, uh, Elsie Greenwood. You can go on down the list. Donnie Shell, right? Um, yeah, John Stallworth. Uh, just, I mean, they don't win maybe any Super Bowls without those guys. And it really, at the time, uh, opened the doors. Those guys weren't being drafted at that time. 
Right. But right, then, right. you know, teams saw the Steelers start having success with some of these guys, and they're like, well, hey, this, they might be on to something here. Absolutely. And, and so, they, you know, then it, that leads to Jerry Rice. That leads to Walter Payton, guys of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And times have changed. Like, those schools aren't getting heavily drafted once again, but that's because those young men of color – didn't weren't forced to go there. Now they're going to Bama. Now they're going to Florida State. You know, where before, you know, in the fifties or whatever, maybe they didn't have that option. So uh, it's a huge ripple effect through the whole community. Um, again, they they don't win maybe any Super Bowl without Bill Hunt. Right. I mean, and that's <laughs> they, that's zero. you know, there's a reason why they call their their draft room at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. It's the Bill Nunn mm-hmm. Steelers draft room. I mean, it's. You know, he has a bench at St. Vincent College where he used to sit and watch practice from up on top of the hill that has a plaque there next to it because it's the Bill Nunn bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that, that's awesome he's getting in, though, and certainly do. It's tougher for those type of guys. It's harder to show the resume. It's not like, right. boy, I played or I won this many Super Bowls as a, a coach. But I, I like the contributor aspect of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and again, I, you know, I can't stress this enough that um, – you know, he opened the doors for so many players that prior to that hadn't had the you know the opportunity to uh, to get into the NFL. I mean, they had the opportunity, but they weren't being they weren't getting recognized. They weren't like being properly else. recognized, sure. right? It wasn't like they're Michigan or you know or course. Alabama or right, places right, like right, that. Right. I mean, these were these were small college guys who could play, could play, in big and, and you know, in the '60s they weren't getting the, you know all the opportunities to to play at, at some of the universities. I mean, you know, John Mitchell's who's right. John Mitchell, who's the longtime uh, Steelers defensive line coach. It was 1970 that he was the first. He and another player were the first two scholarship black players at Alabama. Right. Think about that. Right. Right. 1970. So 50 years ago. You know, yeah. It's wow. Yeah, I mean, that's our life. I mean, that's amazing. And. You know, how many doors got open for African-American scouts after Bill Nunn? You know, I mean, were people, were those guys getting hired before that? Probably not, you know? I mean, it's awesome he's getting in. Yeah, uh, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased. And uh, as an aside, uh, his son, if you watch the Spider-Man movies, the yes. ri- the original Spider-Man movies, his son played Robbie Robertson in, in that uh, Robbie Robinson, Robbie, I not the Tobey Maguire's. Or yeah, the Tobey Maguire's. Okay, okay. He was uh, he was an actor and uh, hmm, was in a lot of different movies, including I think a couple Spike Lee that. movies and stuff. You'd know him. He's he's no longer with us uh, as well as Bill Nunn. He he passed away oh. actually before his father, I believe. But uh, um, well, yeah, congrats to their remaining family. I mean, this but is he's a Pittsburgh guy too. Pittsburgh guy getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. Good news. Yeah, another. It's gonna be uh, gonna be a heck of a celebration next year yeah, right. at the Pro yeah, Football Hall of Fame. Add another right. one to the to the list there. Uh, it's gonna That's be awesome. at least four Steelers now going maybe into the Fanica Hall of Fame, too. and maybe Fanica. Right. It could be a, a fivesome wow. going in. It'd be a That's heck of awesome. a day. I don't. That's never happened before. I'm sure it's not. No. I mean, it just it just hasn't because it, there's never been that kind of opportunity, and obviously with the. With the COVID situation, I mean, they were taking a lot to begin with yeah. last year. Then but five years, five people with one organization—that's pretty special. That's pretty special. Yeah. It's going to be quite the party. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, are playing in the Hall of Fame game. The Steelers actually, are. Right? Yeah. yeah, they'll play the Cowboys again. But uh, yeah, it's so. Uh, um, cool. That's interesting. Great yeah. I'm glad that just broke. Hey, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to got a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about today. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lolly. You are listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back right after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So Matt, I don't know if you uh, noticed this, um, but this week the Associated Press has released its top 25 poll for college football and its, oh, really? its preseason All-American list. Okay. Um, now, the top 25 poll did include teams from the Pac-10 and Pac-12 who won't be playing this fall. I would assume that at some point they'll drop those teams out of there, unless you want to have a team that's 0-0 winning the national championship. (laughs) Third-ranked Oregon Ducks at 0-0, right, yeah. Uh, But the interesting thing here is that 23 players on the AP preseason All-American team are not going to play football this fall. 23. They out, they still included them. Yeah. Wow. Um, What a weird year. Yeah, so just looking at the list here, the guys who won't be playing this uh, this year, uh, offensive tackle uh, Panay Sewell, the junior from Oregon, the yeah. big offense. Uh, People have talked about him like he's Jonathan Ogden right. Orlando Pace. Like yeah. He's the best tackle prospect we've seen before Joe Thomas. I mean, like yeah. maybe first overall pick type guy. Uh, probably not with Trevor Lawrence. In the, right, but, I know. But, but I mean, certainly he has that be, kind of talent. Right, right, right. Uh, guard Wyatt Davis, for, uh, a junior from Ohio but State. They, yeah, a lot of people thought he was the best guard in the country last year. Um, tight end Pat uh, Freermuth from uh, Penn State. Penn State kid. He's yeah. kind of a two-way blocker physical and can run. Also projected to be a first-round pick. Um, now, this guy didn't opt out, but he's on a team that's going to play in the spring. That would be a junior uh, – from Purdue, all-purpose player Rondell Moore. He's a smaller, do-it-all, explosive kid. I'd be shocked if he plays. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's not yeah. very heavy, but why would you play in the spring? Right, you're, you're already a first-team fifty pick yeah. or something. Right. Uh, the kicker, uh, the senior from Iowa, Keith Duncan. I know nothing about him. He's he yeah. has opted out as okay. a kicker. I guess he has enough. He probably is a three-year starter, and hey, yeah. I put a lot of them through the uprights. So I'm not going to change. Uh, defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau. He's a sophomore from Oregon. Hmm. But, I've heard the name. Yeah. I know he's 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 not on the draft list yet, so I haven't really done any homework on him because he's so young. Um, actually, his he team his out. team's not playing. Yeah, he didn't opt playing, out. Right. Uh, Gregory Russo, the other defensive end, uh, junior from Miami. Miami. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like six seven, Condor type. Yeah, kind of right. Calais Campbell like. Right. Um, Jalen Twyman, uh, junior from Pitt, a defensive tackle, okay. uh, has opted out. Uh, Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, has opted out. Uh, watched some highlights of him. If people aren't Penn State fans and don't know that dude, he's a monster. Um, the, one of the other linebackers won't play this fall. I wonder if he comes back. He's a senior, uh, so you have your doubts whether he'll play in the spring. That's Hamilcar Rashid. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, he's from Oregon State. He's okay. a senior linebacker. Uh, the cornerbacks, 
uh, Sean Wade from Ohio State. He's an interesting guy because he's projected to be a first-round pick. They had two first-round picks at corner last year, so he had to play the slot because those two were on the field, and now he's going outside. But that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But you'd it's like amazing. to see him outside. Right. I mean, he'll be a little harder to scout because he's been a third corner on a loaded team. Yeah. Yeah, now he's going to be the alpha dog. Would have been. Uh, that's just the guys on the first team. The second team guys, Justin Fields uh, from Ohio State, sure. obviously. He hasn't played a lot of football either. He's right. kind of like Haskins or Trubisky. Yeah, one-year like starter. Another year out of the guy. Um, Cole Van Lannon, the senior uh, offensive tackle from Wisconsin. Uh, they're not playing. big bruise in Wisconsin. Yeah, they're not playing in the fall. He yeah. would have to wait until the spring. And, again, he's a senior. Uh, the guards, both of those guys, uh, both guards, uh, Nolan Laufenberg, a senior from Air Force, and Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, the junior from Southern California, okay. uh, are not playing in not the playing. in the fall. And they're not huge name guys. I mean, just because you're all American doesn't mean you're a first round pick. You know, right. like, he may not have the tools. You might just be a really good college football player. All right. Uh, the center, Tyler uh, Linder, Linderbaum from uh, junior from Iowa, okay. is uh, not uh, playing in the fall. These guys probably need the tape. Yeah. They're not no brainers. Um, the receivers, Rashad uh, Bateman, the junior from uh, Minnesota, Minnesota kid. was a, a stud. Yeah, and he was better than Johnson, who got drafted right. from up there. He's he's kind of a do it all physical guy. Um, he opted out very early. Uh, let's see here. Second team defense. You were still looking uh, tackle defensive tackle Jay Tufeli, a junior from USC. Yeah, he's on all the lists. I don't know a ton about him, but yeah, he's on all the lists. And then uh, Levi Onwuzurik, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, he's a senior defensive tackle from Washington. Uh, they're not playing this fall. I think he's a nose tackle type, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, Onwuzurike, I believe, is how that's pronounced. You, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the linebackers, uh, Patty Fisher, uh, from uh, the senior from Northwestern. Okay. They're not playing. Highly uh, productive yeah. guy. Uh, Caleb Fairley, uh, a cornerback, a junior from Virginia Tech. He's already opted out. He he's was the a stud. First one, yeah, I think that opt out. Yeah, he's real long armed, six three, Seattle love him type guy. Um, the safeties, another Oregon guy. Oregon must have been loaded this year. Yeah, yeah I know. And uh, their safety. Like, I hate. I feel so bad for those programs. Like, yeah, Oregon's always good, but if this was going to be your year when all your guys kind of mesh at once. And uh, we're not going to have it. Well, that was the same thing for, like, Pitt, I think. And uh, Dane Brugler sent out a uh, – I think it was Dane. I can't remember now. A couple of weeks ago, maybe it was McShea. Uh, one of those guys sent mm-hmm. out a list of their top 150 prospects. Pitt had more neutral. And Pitt had six. Yeah, right, They were right, tied right. for, like, fourth most on the list yeah, with six top – Yeah, safety, right. Six top 150 guys. I mean, this was a year that they were looking forward to, and then the first thing yeah. happens is Twyman opts out. He's their mm-hmm. probably the most high-profile guy that they had. Right. It's awful. It yeah. hurts. Uh, safety, uh, we get the, uh, Javon Holland, the junior from Oregon. Uh, he's supposedly a stud. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the punter of all people, uh, and he's from Rutgers, so that he's, he didn't do this on his own, but they're not playing this year. That'd be Adam Corsack, the junior from Rutgers. He's pretty good. I've, I've yeah, actually seen about him. him. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought about that when you mentioned the kickers. Like, generally speaking, at least back in my day, and I'm sure it wasn't much different, you gave one kicker at a scholarship, one punter at a scholarship, and most schools, big schools, had a long snapper on scholarship. And maybe you'd overlap for one year. You know, the guy's senior year, you'd have a freshman, and then for two years you wouldn't have right. another. So basically those guys are, at this point, probably three-year starters. I mean, I don't know those guys' particular histories, but most specialists at a big school have already put out a lot of tape. And if it's been great, 
you probably have nowhere to go but down. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, if you're going to go to workouts and boom punts a year from now, why would I play at all? Why, I mean, seniors shouldn't play for sure if they're draftable. To the to uh, my previous point about the AP top twenty-five poll, Clemson was number one. Uh, Ohio really returning. Yeah, Ohio State number two. They're uh, not playing in the in the. Uh, Fall, uh, Alabama 3, Georgia 4, Oklahoma 5, LSU 6, Penn State 7. They're not playing. Florida 8. Right. With the local feel, I know Penn State's got some guys. Yeah. Too. You mentioned two of them. Oregon, who we talked about, 9. Uh, Notre Dame 10, Auburn 11, Wisconsin 12, uh, Texas A&M 13, Texas 14, Oklahoma State 15, Michigan 16, uh, Mike Pursuta would argue that one. That's it. Um, Seventeen was USC. Uh, Eighteen North Carolina. Nineteen Minnesota. Twenty Cincinnati. Uh, Twenty-one UCF. Twenty-two Utah. Twenty-three Iowa State. Twenty-four Iowa and twenty-five Tennessee. So a well, good number of those teams play. not going to be playing this fall. Um, I don't know. It stinks. Yeah. Uh, do you think there will be a college season though? There hasn't been a lot of rumblings the last week or two. There hasn't been much word about it. Um, I believe there's definitely going to be an SEC season. They're, playing, uh, they're almost <laughs> like the NFL, like nothing stopping them. Right, yeah. We're, Our guys are here because they're, locomotive. they're trying play. to get, go, go to the NFL the next year. And I mm-hmm. think you know, with the SEC playing, I think the Big 12 and the the, uh, the ACC with some crossover there with some of the schools in those okay. same areas, I think they're going to play as well. Good, good. I mean, that want something to happen. Although part of me would like the NFL to take over Saturday Night Football too. Well, that could still happen. I guess that's still There'll be no happen, yeah. Right? There's there's no Pac-12 game those nights. I mean, I guess they could work things out mm-hmm. uh, that uh, maybe the SEC won't play a night game. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, SEC games. The top SEC games usually at what four o'clock? I think three so. o'clock, something like that. I think so. Sometime I know it's sometime I mean, in the early afternoon because every time I go into a new into a city on the road, there's an SEC the game. That's the feature on. SEC game of the of the weekend. And without question, they're going to have a lot less content to put on TV. College-wise, yeah, by far. Even if it's just one game on Saturday nights. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just yeah. one. That's fine. Yeah, that'd be I'm great good with that. But uh, yeah, certainly the the coronavirus uh, pandemic affecting the AP All American and the top 25 poll. It's going to be interesting to see. I guess they'll keep a top 25 all year. Do, will they do a like 25 teams playing? Will they do one All American team at the end of when they're all done playing in the spring? They should. But you didn't get to see those guys work. That's the other thing that you miss about this. You know, some of those teams that had games against some of the other top programs. Right, that were outside the conference. You're not going to see them, and you're not going to see them in the college playoffs, which is another time when you get a chance to see some of these, you know, Ohio State against Alabama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Ideal recruiting or, you know, uh, scouting tape. Do you have any clue what they'll do for a playoffs or postseason? None. I mean, I'm sure SEC will have an SEC championship. And then from there – I don't know that the bowl games are going to be held. You know, I think not. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it'll just be like previous years where you just vote. And what happens if, uh, you know, th- two or three teams go unbeaten? Because there's less games or whatever. Too. Right. Maybe 8-0 and is good enough. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, my first thought was if the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 all play, maybe they all have their conference finals, their championship, and everyone votes two of those three play for all the marbles. But then somebody's like, hey, I won my champ back well, conference too. Yeah, well, I mean, teams go. what happens if a one win or a one loss SEC team, let's say Alabama Georgia, or, or yeah, one, right, of those, yeah. one of those teams has a stumble, um, but they come back and beat the team again when they play them in the, in the conference championship right. or something along those lines. I don't know. Because the, the schedules are all 
jumbled up too. Oh, I'm sure. In terms of the, you know, you're just playing conference games. Well, you play some crossover conference games as well mm-hmm. from the teams from the other side of your conference. Maybe the three conference champions all go, and then they pick one wild card, you know, out of those three conferences and have a little tournament. And it can bubble it up even. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alabama and Georgia are three and four. LSU six. Yeah, they're probably pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you can't just take one out of the SEC <laughs> if they're four. Wow. I don't know. It's and, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, well, I was going to say smarter people than us will figure this out, but sometimes no, I'm, I'm not, not so quite sure. sure about that, yeah. right? And, of course, I'm super <laughs> interested in how they're going to do a combine. We will, I would think the Senior Bowl is probably rolling along. You would think, yeah, you they'll know? do something with that. And, and and maybe more important than ever. I mean, I think you mentioned Tom McShay said maybe they'd make it a, a double the amount of people at the Senior Bowl or something like that. Or uh, They're almost going to have to because some of these guys haven't put out any tape. You, no, you're right. going to have guys declaring for the draft who were special teams players last year. Right, that are really talented, that were waiting their turn. At LSU or Alabama. Or, or, yeah. Right, how do they – Give you anything? You know, you may find some some diamonds in the rough there. That uh, mm-hmm. okay, he did, he couldn't get on the field. He was the, you know, last year he was the fourth receiver at Alabama. Well, now all of a sudden, but he's a star. Yeah, yeah. Or the fifth receiver, and he decided to go in, and they got you know four guys ahead of him who all went in the first round. And all of a sudden, he's a well, we might take him in the third round here and have something. And people tell us he's great. And yeah. My sources down there say he's a stud. But I got like no tape to go off. Of. I mean, it's just uh, to me the, the the prime example of that is Robert Foster. Yeah, it's going. A guy who's playing in the NFL, who's been in the NFL now for several seasons, barely made a dent. Yeah. At Al- he may have more NFL catches than he had. I bet he did. Catches at Alabama. I bet he did. Um, there was a lot of those teams from yeah. the U back in the day too. I mean, like, just because you couldn't get on the field didn't mean you weren't an NFL prospect. Right. Which yeah. Is no, no yeah, doubt right. about it. I mean, again, uh, you look at a guy like Willie Parker. Yeah, right, right. You know, you, sometimes those guys get lost in coaching changes, too. Mm-hmm. And Earl Davis was yeah, a star. You weren't, uh, you weren't you brought in by that coach, so the coach kind of pushes you aside and brings in his guy. He prom- mm-hmm. made promises to this kid. Mm-hmm. He's going to play. And or he just misevaluates and thinks the other guy's better. Yeah. You know, they're not always right. Yeah, that's for sure. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our uh, Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought that was interesting that uh, so many of the that All-American team not uh, yeah, really. either not participating in the fall or just already opting out, and I think that list Their is going to grow. careers might be over. I think it's going to grow by a lot uh, as I this thing too. goes on. Uh, anyone that's play, I mean, if you're a draftable player, I would not play in the spring. Absolutely not. Right. No, absolutely not. Uh, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the drive right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here on uh, Steelers Nation Radio with Matt Williamson. Uh, you're listening to The Drive. And uh, in case you've missed it, uh, the Steelers get another person uh, probably going to be elected to the Hall of Fame. Typically, the yeah, guys who are, who are the, uh, the finalists for the senior committee and the, uh, the uh, executives uh, get into the Hall of Fame. That's right, the, right, this right. is the rubber stamping process. It's not like they're battling 12 other guys. Right. Five spots or whatever. Yeah. Right. So uh, Bill Nunn, uh, this the, uh, as I'm, I'm going to read the, uh, the okay, great. from the Hall of Fame uh, bio here. Okay. Okay. Bill this Nunn. came out, right? Yeah. Bill Nunn, the super scout of the Pittsburgh Steelers and later the team's assistant director of player personnel, has been selected as a contributor finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2021 
He was picked by the Hall of Fame's contributor committee, which met virtually for several hours on Tuesday. Um, and they and they're scattering them because, like Coach Flores from Oakland, just got nominated a week or so ago, yeah. right? I mean, just to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, Nunn worked as a sports writer at the Pittsburgh Courier, was one of the most influential publications serving in predominantly predominantly black communities in the United States. His knowledge of players and coaches affiliated with historically black colleges and universities led to a job with the Steelers that became a 45-year second career. Wow. Can you imagine the connections he had at those schools? I mean, and of course, you know, they would tell, I mean, even like when other teams started catching on and going into grambling or whatever, you know, I'm sure they held stuff back from those scouts compared to Bill Nye. Well, that was the the thing with, with uh, Stallworth because when Stallworth uh, ran for all the NFL scouts that came mm-hmm. in, uh, he didn't run a real good time. Was it was like he was like a four seven or something that like that. Well, none kind of knew he was faster than that. None had the tape of Stallworth running, okay, uh, at a different time and kept the tape back from everybody else. You hear and, stories like that and right, timed like, it up like, okay, here's here's how fast he really is. And so the Steelers send it on to the Bengals next, or right? Whatever. Yeah, right, you're right. and the Steelers used that because they, you know, they Chuck Noll wanted to take Stall. We can talk more about this with Bob tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation with um, Bob for sure. But certainly, the, the Steelers used that information to kind of they waited and waited to take Stallworth in the fourth round, I believe that year. But they probably they thought he was a first round. Pick. They thought he was a first round talent, mm-hmm. and obviously they were right about yeah, that. Yeah, they nailed it right. <laughs> uh, but again, you know. Uh, reading from the story, none is credited with bu- with helping to build the Steelers dynasty of the 70s, thanks to drafting the drafting of John Stallworth from Alabama A&M, Mel Blunt from Southern, Donnie Shell uh, from South Carolina State. Well, obviously Donnie wasn't drafted, but they found him at South Carolina right, State. Right, right, right. He's going in the hallway. Um, but as the Steelers or the selectors noted in their deliberations, none also helped locate talent at other small colleges, including Jack Lambert at Kent State. All oh, really? four players are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, you mentioned Elsie Greenwood and some other guys they got, you know, uh, along the way. And Joe Green didn't exactly go to USC either. Right, yeah. You, <laughs> you took him out of Texas, what was it, Texas A&M Commerce or something? No, that was where, was wait. Texas State? The, Texas the, State. It was the Mean Green. Yeah, they were, Texas you know, State. They changed yeah. the name of it since then. I should know that. Um, yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, the way this is going to work this year, um, uh, to be elected to the Hall of Fame, none must receive 80% of the voting support by the entire – 48-member selection committee on Selection Saturday. The Hall's selection committee at its annual meeting will be held February 6th in Tampa. They're still planning a Super Bowl. Okay, good. They'll also consider 18 finalists, a senior, uh, which is Drew Pearson, and a coach, Tom Flores, along with none as a contributor, and 15 modern-era finalists uh, to be determined by the list that will be announced September 16th. That's They'll pretty trim soon. Yeah, it's right around the corner. They'll right. trim that to 25 semi- semifinalists in November and 15 finalists in January. The expectation is that Alan Fanica will once again be uh, a finalist. Huh? Yeah, will right. be a finalist. Uh, he's going to get in this year. I know you're pretty confident. Just putting about my that, my right. my you know, my finger in the air. I was in that room last year as one of the selectors. Um, he's Fanica's getting in next year. Good. I mean, I think that's long overdue, and it's a little crazy. It hasn't happened. Um, there's some linemen that have gone in before him since he's been eligible that I didn't think were as deserving. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I do think next year's crop of first timers is pretty strong. Though, it's right? it is it is good. Calvin, yeah. Peyton Manning, I think. Peyton Manning's on the list. Yeah. There's somebody else that's almost close to a no-brainer. I think a defensive player, and I forget who it is off the top of my head. 
but it, it's a good group. Of, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, uh, I'm drawing a blank there right now too. But there's there's another guy there. Uh, but if you look at the contributors, since they added this to the, the to the group here, to, mm -hmm. or they added this as a category. Uh, in 2015, it was Bill Polian and Ron Wolf. Uh, 2016, it was Edward DeBartolo Jr. 2017, uh, Jerry Jones, Paul Tagliabue. 2018, Bobby Bethard. 2019, Pat Bolin and Gil Brandt. Hmm. Uh, 2020, um, the finalists uh, were Bud Adams, Ralph Hay, Frank Buck Kilroy, Art McNally, Art Modell, Clint Murchison. Steve Sable, who got in, yeah. Uh, Seymour Swyoff or Siwoff, uh Tagliabue, who finally got in after being—he was the only one that's been denied. Okay. Uh, and then George Young, also. Uh, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about the Sables, you know, because I think Ed is in, and those they well in. they used to be up against the players. They would put the okay because they're like you know the, this is a better system. Art and Dan Rooney are in the Hall of Fame, yeah, obviously. Yeah, right, right, okay. But they had the, they would take a spot away from a player. Right, they're just six would go. Right, and if an owner or coach or, or whatever a player didn't make it. Yeah. See, I think that's apples to oranges. Right. Like, I like yeah. this better. A contributor, an owner, a, a commissioner. Same thing they're doing now with the coaches as well. You're not putting the coaches up against the players. Right. You know. To me, that's, the, that's apples to oranges. You know, I mean, how do I how do I decipher that? And, and I can tell you, having sat in that room last year, one of the big issues that, they, that the, the, some of the other voters brought up was that there's a backlog of guys. Um, it, of, of deserving players. Okay. It, yeah, yeah. They talked about a lot about the safeties. There were like six safeties, I think, who were finalists last like year. Atwater and Dawkins are starting to go. They're starting to finally cipher. Right. In, and, but and, but right. it's it's a slow process. The same thing with the guards. You know, the offensive mm -hmm. line position with guys like Fanica, and you had Mawai go first, and, and then yeah. you know, uh, you know. So there's a backlog there with those guys, and what happens? You're only eligible to go you in for up, 20 yeah. years. Well then, you it know, seems after like that's a long time. Like you can't get in twenty years, but if there's your competition is so strong every year, right? I mean, you know, and especially you know when you look at some of the eras that have come. Like there were guys, there are a lot of guys who were. I, I sat through those, those uh, all those speeches last year, and mm -hmm. every time I would sit there and go. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good case. Right? <laughs> you probably walked in the room thinking, I don't think this guy's going to Yeah, I, I had in my mind when I walked in, um, okay, here's who I'm probably going to vote for. But yeah. then you listen to the, you know some of the stats that are being brought up and uh, the accomplishments what and teams, what they right? meant to those teams. And, like, he's got a pretty good case pretty for good, that guy, yeah. That's right. If that would have been a Steeler and you'd covered him his whole career. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's how you have to look at right, it. I mean, right. uh, again, I, I, you know – it's tough. It's a hard job. I think, the, you know, having now done it, um, the people who criticize those guys, well, I can't believe this guy didn't get in. Well, tell me the, which of the other five that's guys that, shouldn't right, belong right. there. Who are you pulling out? Right. That's 100% true. I worry a little in that it does it get a little too saturated. If all those safeties weren't couldn't quite get in, does that mean they weren't quite good enough? You know, like well, here's the thing, though. If you think about it this way, there are 53 players on each roster every year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going into this, like in, into a regular season now, for, and this has been the way it's been now for since they expanded for almost the last 20 years now, you've got over 1,500 players. At every given moment. Yeah, and we talked about this with the, with the top 100 That was like 2.9% or something. 2.9%. Well, yeah. now you're talking about, let's say there are, I don't know, what, maybe 15 to 20 Hall of Famers in the league on any given year. That's what I was thinking, right. Well, that's even less. But the problem that then arises, okay, when those guys retire at the same time, 
Now we're fighting for a very you bottleneck. Now you're yeah. Now yeah. you're now you're down to putting just five of those guys in when you had fifteen to twenty every year, and there's new guys joining that list every yeah. year. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of it's based on the era too. Like, I bet there will be a run where there's not a lot of great tackles. You know, like I feel like tackles haven't been dominant since the Pace Ogden era. You know, where there were some awesome ones. This year, there's some good ones, but there's not no-brainer Hall of Famers. But in the meantime, there's been awesome wide receivers because how much people are throwing the ball and right. things like that, too. There's a really good group of pass rushers that are all going to retire around the same time. And then it's harder. Then you're competing apples to apples, and it, people don't want to put two apples in. Right. And when that's that's the other part of the problem is that you don't want they don't want to put two guys in at the same position. That makes me crazy. Though, which which I, I feel is a little crazy. I, I did talk to some guys about that last year. I'm like, hey, why don't you just put Hutchinson and Fanica in the same year? I don't think either one of them will mind. No. And it's, <laughs> I understand that position's not the most glamorous. Right. But we're not doing this for the fans. We're doing it, you know, do it to get the right people there have been Yeah, there have been situations. I mean, this year, you know, it was Atwater and Troy Polamalu. True, true. There were two safeties. I mean, they were, again, there were six safeties that we voted on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some guy, some good players got left off that list. Um, you know, but I don't want you to tell stuff that happened behind the scenes we shouldn't know. But a couple things I mentioned with Fanica going into that one was, I don't think it helps them that there's another guard, and I don't think it helps them that there's another stealer. You know, like I think the other, I think because <sighs> Troy was going to go. Right. And I thought Hutch had a little better case than Fanica. I'll tell you what. Some of the things that were brought up, uh, and Mike Sando presented Fanica, and I had or presented Hutchinson. Hutchinson. He's a Seattle-based guy, yeah. And I hadn't been in the room before. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that Sando brought up about Hutchinson, I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think of doing that. That it, angle. It, it right. was my first time in the room. Right, right. So he talked about how, you know, how he had like, you know, he only had six penal- uh, holding penalties in his entire career or something like that. I'm like, I wonder how Fanica matches up with that. I looked it up. He had two. He had two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Wow. Um, and Mike presented him the year before, and he didn't get in. And I'm, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, and maybe I'm, I'm being completely biased here. I don't know because I covered a long, a long time of his career. I think Fanica was a better player. Really? I think there are two different kinds of styles of guard. Mm-hmm. But Fanica was able to move the tackle and was still voted right. uh, Was still voted uh, to the, the, the all-pro team that year. That's the only year he didn't make the, the first-team all-pro was the year he kicked out the left tackle. tackle to save the team. Hutchinson wasn't going to do that. No, right, right, right. He and, also played next to Walter Jones. Which, which helps, helpful. yeah. Walter Jones is the best lineman I've ever watched. But, I, I mean, I think they're both it. just tremendous football players. They're both deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think that they both should have had to wait this long. I 100% agree. That's I my mean, that's my main issue with this. And when, when people were talking about Boselli and some of these other guys, I'm like, I couldn't vote for Tony Boselli. He played five years. Especially when you compare him to Fanica or Hodgson. For those guys who were, you know, had this, you know, chunk of, of a career that was outstanding for a long period of time. Baselli was great. See, but part of my conversation, part of my reason for asking about the watered-down thing was, to me, Fanica was more deserving than a couple of the recent safeties, a couple of the recent running backs, and I don't mean to piss off Steeler Nation, but we talked about this before, too. When Bill Cowher got in, I kind of felt like the bar went down a little for coaches. And I know that's a different conversation. It wasn't Fanica versus Cower. But, like, when Cower got in, I'm like, well, Andy Reid's a lock. 
I think Tomlin's in. I think Harbaugh's in. I think Peyton's in. You know, Carroll. Not that they're better. I'm not saying, oh, these guys all stink. But they're not Chula and Noel. <laughs> you know right. What I mean? Yeah, right. You know no, I, mean? I hear you. And, and that's been part of the um, argument. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's now opened up the door for some of these other guys like Holmgren and, and, and yeah, you know, right, right, right. those guys. If Bill's going to get in, well, then these guys that we didn't let yeah. in before. And it, I mean, Tom Flores is a perfect example. Yeah, of like that. I don't, I think he's at that level. I think he's, but he won two good. Super Bowls. I know. I know. Which and, almost seems like a guarantee now. Yeah. I mean, you, you win two Super Bowls. I'm sorry. You should probably be, I mean, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it certainly is, but I didn't think T Davis, um, I did an article this year saying edge would have been one of my six, but really didn't think he was worthy. I thought he was close. Um, with all respect to Dawkins and Atwater, they're good, but I don't think they're Ronnie Lott, Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu level, you know. And not everyone's going to be the best, best, best. I mean, but in those two positions, I thought maybe you could, they got compromised a little. Yeah, I think I think that's probably safe to say. Mm-hmm. We are done here. We'll be right. back from, from 6 to 8. Uh, Matt and I, along with Mike Persuda, as we finish up with the training camp report from today. Stay tuned right here for Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes. They'll be bringing you... Their, uh, their coverage for the next three hours here on Steelers Nation Radio. For, but for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob here on site keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.